0: Before I share the word this morning, I'm just going to ask you to do a couple of things, if that's okay. First of all, you can write on your phone, or if you have a piece of paper, you can write it down as well. I want to ask you guys to write one situation when God has come through your life. Something that he has done for you that has been very, very significant. That's the first thing I want to ask you to write down on your phone. So I'm going to give you um, a minute or so. Write down one situation when God has come through. Something that's quite significant. The second thing I want to ask you to write down is ask what you would like the Lord to do for you. So those who are online as well, you can write that down as well. Write the first The situation when God has come through. The second thing, I want you to write the thing that you would like God to do for you. It's quite interesting because this week I've been very, very burdened by a word that the Lord gave me. It just came to me and I just carried this word throughout the week. And I believe this is a word that the Lord wants us to to hear and to receive as well as we slowly handing two thousand twenty two and entering into two thousand twenty three now i don't need to tell anyone what is going on worldwide you know how are we facing you know the news tell you that every day about the rise of cost of living, the inflation and so on, so we all know the situation we're in in essence. But I truly believe that God wants to give us another word, which is very different the word that we're receiving every day from the news, from the media, and he wants us to take in a different direction, a different perspective to the current climate in essence. Funny, I was going to carry on sharing on the latest to the churches, but I did feel strongly to give this word, which I believe is a very, very prophetic word. And the title of the message is very simple, God Will Work It Out. And I think Make I love that song as well. I do love that song, you know, Maverick. I, I literally, you know, worship with that song all week. And uh, I was trying to sing it. But it is a bit, it's a bit—it's not easy song, so we're gonna leave it for now. But I think this is a song. If you can listen to it, especially when it comes to your situation, God will work it out. And I even had it another title next to it because God is working right now on your situation. This is a word that He's given me. So now, looking at what you write when you wrote, you can see that God has working out in your situation. Whatever you wrote, we don't need to share it. But God has done something in your situation already. He worked it out already. But I'm telling you, He right now is working on what you asked the Lord to do for you. Roman 8.28, if we can put it on the screen here. And um, this is one of my wife's favorite scriptures. She quotes to me that all the time, especially when I was very down. Roman 8.28, New King James Version said it. And we know. That all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. I repeat. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. I find very easy to talk about the love of God and our God is great when everything is right in my life or when there's no problem, you don't seem to face any situation. But there are people like that. They go through life from birth to death without any major problem. You know, whatever they do, everything seems to fall into places. And they're not anything special. They just, it just happened. But I do believe that the majority of us have been through some interesting situation. And some of us are still going through other situations. As a matter of fact, I was doing a bit of research. And I asked this question. And I'm asking you this question. How long could you go without a source of income? Talking about the crisis. How long could you go without a source of income? Am I going to still be able to trust God if I have no income at all? Those are questions that we need to ask ourselves. Because as we know, we are believers. And the currency of a believer is faith. The kingdom of God is based on faith. And sometimes we may find us in a situation where nothing's going right. Everything's going wrong and we don't know what to do. But are we still able to trust God in those circumstances? In 1971, I don't know if you don't know uh, a man called Larry Ward. I don't know if you heard of him. He's the founder of the Food for the Hungry, it's a Christian organization. You never heard of him. But it's a massive, massive organization. But in 1971, at the age of 45, he felt a very strong call of God, very strong, and listen to the circumstances. He just received a payday in his work, so everything was lined up. He had a young family; everything was lined up for him. nice payday. Can buy another house, can go on holidays, do whatever you want to do. Now, what he did, he resigned his current position, and he set up this organization called. Food for the hungry. Now, everybody can set up a charity today, you know. And most people will set up a charity, and they will go step by step. They will organize it. They will look their finances. They will think, okay, how can we do this? I feel a strong call of my the Lord upon me. I want to do this, but I don't want my children to go hungry. So you work things out. My man decided no. He resigned his job, a pay rise. And he went for two years without a salary. Two years. Two years. That's 730 days, roughly, if my math are correct. (laughs) Two years. He was very successful in his job, so much that they gave him a pay rise. He was driven, a driven professional. He had children. Everything was going well for him. But he just felt the call of God, the call of God. Listen, I am going to be honest, I felt the call of God to do many things, but I I didn't have the courage to actually act on it. And it's not easy. It's not easy. And even Pastor Meka and Pastor Nikki can testify, they can't just live that I become a full-time, they lay ministers, mean that they're pastors, but they're also working. But if God called them, we want you guys not to be full-time ministers. That is a very great goal. So it is not easy. It requires a fair amount of faith. Believe and trust that God will work it out. Very important. So he went two years without a salary. Two years. Listen, I don't know his life. I can tell you that it wasn't easy for him. The struggle. I mean, we all have wives here, and, you know, we've got to be honest. Our wives need security. They need to feel secure. And can you imagine two years, darling? She knows they had a paid rise, you know? She's making plans. Maybe we're going to buy this. this we're going to change the window. Maybe we need to change the carpet in the house, put a new doors, go on all these And he come home and he said, I quit my job. Because I want to feel, I have the strong feeling in my heart to feel hungry. Now, when you look at his organization today, it's everywhere in the world. A massive, massive organization. But he heard the call. Let me ask you a question. What is the God's calling you to do today? That may require a sacrifice. Hmm. Romans eight 28, we're still on it. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the call according to his purpose. You know, I love the scripture. And as I was looking at it yesterday and I started meditating and pondering on it because my wife keeps saying this. She keeps giving us the scripture. And we, we like to quote scripture, scripture, let's be honest. And sometimes we quote the scripture, but they got to become alive inside of us. It's very important. When those scriptures become alive inside of us, then there is something that ignite inside of us that make us now walk with the scriptures. You know, there is a scripture that we quote a lot when it comes to healing. By your stripes we are healed. Now, you can quote that scripture two hundred times and nothing happen, because you just they're just words. They're just words. But when the words become a rhema, I mean, when the word become alive in your spirit, then you quote the scriptures and you have transformation. You are currently healed. By Jesus' tribes, we are healed. But we've got to believe it. The promise that God works for our good in all things, for me, is comforting. I know that whatever situation I am in, God is working. Do you know why? There's two reasons. Number one, it says this, for those who love God. You see, there is a request here. God will work together for your situation because he knows you love him. That's the first thing. The second thing is, For those who are called according to his purpose. His purpose. We are all called for God's purpose. Our purposes are very different for each one. And not everyone is called to be here preaching. Not everyone is called to worship here. But we are all called to do God's will. Wherever we are, whatever we do I know sometimes people tend to neglect other people when they're doing certain things that seem different from what people are supposed to do. Mel, this is just the beginning. Why are you doing it just the beginning? I used to watch Mel, you know, what's it, Mel's World, is it? When she started in the early days with the baggy highs, you know, and the late nights. And everybody was, why she's doing? Why is she doing this? But you know what? That was call, God's call upon her. That was a purpose that she was doing. Now, what's the word they use now? Is it influencer? Is that what they call it? Yeah? She is an influencer now. But you know what? She's a Christian influencer. And we need more of those people. We need more of influencers here. You know? When you look on TikTok, my daughter is on TikTok every day. And the things that she's seeing, different things. We need Christians to influence in those medium. Don't give up. Whatever people say to you, don't listen. Just carry on what you're doing. People love to talk, but they have no idea what God is doing in people's life. Everyone's life is different. Everyone's journey is different. God will work it out. <laughs> When we read the story of um, Abraham, it's such a powerful ter- story how God worked it out for him. In the book of Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 to 18, especially uh, 6 to 8, we all know this story. Abraham has been waiting for years to have a child. He tried to have a child in his own way, for his wife didn't work out. But he had a child. Isaac was born. No, it is not common fate to have a child at the age of 99, never mind a woman 90 years old, which is barren. But God did it. God did it. God will work, he worked it out. Don't ask me how I did it. He just did it. He opened the womb and Sarah, she was able to conceive. He gave power to Abraham and he was able to conceive. He did it. In verse 6, he says, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Look at the answer. He's about to kill his own son. He's about to put it, to to burn it, to give it to God. The son that has been waiting for over 70, 80 years is about to give it away because God asked him to do so. And he says this, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son, and the two of them went on together wow, wow, can you imagine God's called me, I want you to take your boys and do this. I will never be able to do that. You have to have, you have to have an amount of faith. But, you know, I shared this word last year about Abraham, you know. He went through a journey of faith when he actually began to trust God. And by the time he had his son, do you know what, Lord? Whatever you ask me, I do it without any hesitation. But what he says here, God himself will provide the lamb. So, for some reason, he knew that God will work it out. He didn't know how, but he knew God will work it out. And eventually, God did. God did work it out. Isaac was spared, and there was a lamb here, set it here in the bushes. That was the sacrifice. That's what God does. He always asks a Plan always, you know. God, I say here in my message is always a one hundred step. Listen, is one million step ahead of us. One million step ahead of us. It never surprise, never surprise, because God is always in control. And this week, I have to hit on the pie, because I doubt for many things this week. It's been a quite uh, an interesting week. And the Lord was showing me, why are you doubting? Have I, not this, have I not done this for you before? And this is what I ask you, write down the things that God has done for you. So you remember what he has done. So when things get in difficult, you can go back to the thing that he has done. Abraham was very good at this. He would put an altar everywhere that God has done something for him. Just to remind himself of God's power. How God walk it out in his life? God always in control. Why is he always in control? Because he's God. You know, the Bible speaks: be omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, all-knowing, all-powerful. He knows everything. From the beginning to the end, they call him the Alpha and the Omega. If you look at the Greek letters, Alpha is the first letter, Omega is the last one. So he knows it. and not only he knows it, he knows every detail. You know, we may know the beginning of the end, but we're still missing out the middle part, the details, the things. He's got every detail. Everything. He knows the number of your, of your hair on your head. You got a lot of hair, man. Just Imagine how many hairs. God knows it. He knows every single one of them. Probably easy to count my hair at the moment, but I don't have any. But he knows everything. When Adam and he disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden, you know, when they failed the test, because God was testing, testing Adam. He was testing them. God loved to test us. Just to see our allegiance. They failed it. But even they failed it, God already made a plan. He already made provision for us. For his son, Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So when Adam and Eve sinned, God already made a plan. Jesus, his son. When he decided to get rid of mankind, because sin was so rampant, he said, you know what? I'm going to get rid of the earth. I'm going to flood the earth. But he already made provision through Noah and his son. The ark represents salvation in a way. It's a former type of salvation. And through the ark, he managed to repopulate the earth again. This morning when I woke up, I had a vision that I want to read it. And I want to share something from it. I saw a street of gold. It was, listen, it was so nice. Like, do you know what this old Roman street that you have with the bricks and everything? It was full of gold. And it was very, very bright. And I saw joyful people walking on that street and really enjoying. But I saw many, 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 many other people building fortress, bricks around themselves. And the fortress they built around them blocked them, not only to move forward, but to be able to see what was ahead of them. I asked the Lord what it is. And he says to me, he wants to break those fortresses because he has so much in store for us. What are you facing today? What is it that you are facing today? What am I facing today? that require God intervention, that require knowing that God will work it out. Those, the things that you're facing bring anxiety, doubt, fear. Those are the fortress that God was referring to in that vision. The things that stop you to move forward. The things that stop you to say, God, whatever you say to me, I'm here, I'm holding Yesterday I was uh, sharing, was speaking with, with, with Marcia, and uh, we were talking about the spirit of fear, which is a really strong that stop us to do so many things. And and you know, God, He said He gave us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a sound mind. Those are the three things that He's given us, not fear. Fear bring anxiety. Fear just stop us to move forward. Fear. Push us to make wrong decisions. Now I spoke about Abraham and his wife. One of the greatest stories that I love in the Bible is the story of Moses. You know, found in Genesis chapter 14 from verse 10 to 29. And uh, this is such a powerful story. I mean, we we read it and we we've seen it. Uh Charlton Eston was brilliant. You know, when he was playing Moses, you know, every Christmas you're going to see Charlton Eston coming in with his beard and then with his, his robe and then you got to see the parting. But, you know, we look at it and we think, yeah, that was easy. It wasn't easy at all. I was doing some research and it wasn't easy. You know, I ask myself, Moses, he has, I mean, he has to know that God was willing to work it out. But you think about it. Number one. He was leading a large number of people. We don't really know exactly how many they were, but they were a lot of people. And you got to think that this guy spent forty years in a wilderness with his wife and his fathers-in-law, and he could have stayed there. He had a very cushy life there, you know, tending the sheep, you know, you know, drinking the milk and honey. He he was where he was. He enjoyed it, but he heard the call, so he has to go back, knowing that he run away from that city that he left because he killed someone. So he's thinking, God, you're sending me back there. I left it 40 years ago. So he's coming back to this town and he's going to convince the Jews that I am the God that's going to lead you to the promised land. So he has to get the help of his brother Aaron. Now, get all those people out after the plagues. He managed to get those people out and everything. And then, they're going through the journey, and he knows that Pharaoh's coming after him. And he's looking in front, and there's a sea there. And listen, we're not talking some little lake when you can actually. This is massive. If you have, I haven't been to Israel. I saw a picture of the Red Sea. It's great, and it's massive. It took all night for God to depart the sea. that show you how long it took. The wind blow into the sea. To allow the sea to depart. And then you have to get all the Jewish people crossing between. I mean, I can just imagine myself. I don't like water in terms of the, I don't like ocean. I don't like it. Um, you know, when we go to the beach, I stay here. The water is there and I stay here. I don't really go in because I don't like it. I don't know creepy things coming. I don't like it. That, that's, that's me. I'm sorry, but I don't like it. My wife wants to live by the beach side and everything. I always got this, this thing, me, about the sea. I can't go far because I've been traumatized by Joes when I was young, you know. Dun, 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 and I'm traumatized completely. So since then, I can't watch it. I always think that sharks going to come and just bite my legs or something like that. So I can't. But I can imagine the Jews are crossing the sea. You know, do you think that they're having a nice holiday, days, they're just walking, oh, look at the dolphin here just swimming and the, the fishes. No, they knew that they had pharaohs and the soldiers still running after them. So they have to hurry up. But for Moses to be able to look at it and be able to hear what God's saying, because they were crying out. They said, why are you brought us here? We want to go back to Egypt. And Moses spoke to God and God said, why are you crying out to me? Just stretch out your hand. And as he stretched out his hand, God began to do his work. God began to do the job. You know, sometimes we want to do God's job. We can't do God's job. Only him can do it. So he began to do it. He began to depart. And before you know, they crossed it. And as the pharaohs and the soldiers were coming in as well, he delayed them. He made it very difficult for them to cross. And eventually, when every single Jew's across the Red Sea, every one of them were on a dry land and the water just submerged all the pharaohs. Now, if you don't believe God can work it out, I don't know what else to tell you. That is one of the greatest miracles ever happened. What about Joseph? Another one. What has he done? What has he done to deserve this? He just rebuked the advance of his master's wife and he's put in prison for over 15 years. But again, God came through. He became the prime minister. And you got to remember, Egypt in those days was the most powerful state of the time. And he was ruling over. Only, only the Pharaoh was above him. And that's a Jew. And God worked it out. What is it that you think that God can do? Ask you this question. I want you to look into your phone or your piece of paper and what you ask the Lord to do, you know. I believe God this year, early next year, is going to change the life of many of us. I've seen it. I've seen it. You got to believe in God will work it out. Thomas Chanel, I know you've been very patient. I know you have been very patient. But the Lord told me to be patient. It will come. It will come. It will come. Do, you know, do not doubt. That's what I will say. How long it will take, only God knows. I can't give you a figures. I can't give you a time. Only God knows. But it will come to pass. It will come to pass. Because I said... I saw it, and I said it get. I saw it. It will come to pass. You got to trust him. You got to believe it, and you got to wait. Yeah? Peter, brother Peter, you have a big dream. You have a big dream. Let me tell you, this dream will come to pass. This dream will come to pass. I'm not going to tell what the dream is. We know the dreams. But the dream will come to pass. We've got to believe that God will work things out for us. It's so important. God wants to change things in our lives. And he wants to use us in 2023, especially in a season when you're going to see the lot, a lot of people questioning their lives, questioning their existence, questioning many things. And God wants to use you and I. To be the light, but He wants to remove the spirit of fear and the spirit of doubt, which is sometimes in us. Why don't we stand? When I was uh, meditating on the Word and the Lord, I was speaking to the Lord. One of the things that I, He mentioned to me was doubt and fear, but especially the spirit of doubt. I don't want you guys to come to the front, but I believe that God wants to remove that spirit of doubt in us. In order for him to do the things he's done, like he's done for Moses, like he's done for Abraham, like he's done for Joseph, though we're big things, but God's doing everything, small or big. I want us to raise our hand to the Lord. And asking, first of all, for his forgiveness, to doubt him. The Bible said, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who come to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Lord, we come before you this morning and we raise our hand as a sign of surrender to you. And Lord, we say that we are sorry for doubting you. In situations, we are sorry, Lord, that we didn't trust you in other situations. And Lord, we ask you this morning, Lord, we ask you to remove the spirit of doubt in us, Lord. Lord, we want to serve you. We want to trust you. We want to know that you will work it out. And Lord, we know that right now you are working in our situation. Lord, no matter the circumstances, no matter the pain, no matter what's happening to our lives and our situation, Lord, we said we believe you. We believe you, Lord. And we know, Lord, that you will work it out because you are right now working in our situation. Father, I bring every one of us before you. Everything that we have written in a piece of paper, Lord, what they ask you to do, Lord. Lord, I commit those words, I commit those desires, I commit those plans into your hand, Father. And let 2023 be a great testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much.